For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dear listeners, welcome to the Kodesh Family Church, Philadelphia, under the leadership of Bishop Dag Heward Mills. This denomination has grown with over several branches all over the world. We are excited to come your way with the anointed word of God, which has the power to heal, deliver and save you. Stay tuned as we receive God's word through his servant, Reverend Gilbert Fleischer. Amen. Can we have the verse for the, for the week? And Father, bless all these offerings we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we have the verse? 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? So what the Bible is saying here is that if you are born of God, you overcome the world. Yes. It doesn't say you won't have any challenges. Right? But it's saying that with the challenges, you will overcome the world. And he's telling us what overcomes the world. It is our faith. It is our faith. Believing. Believing. Even when you are not seeing it in believing. Isn't it? Let's say this verse together. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5, 4. Let's say it one more time. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5, 4. Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am born of God. And I overcome this world. And this is the victory that overcometh this world. My faith. My faith. Say, I believe. I believe. And I overcome. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. What a mighty God we serve. Close your eyes. Let us pray. Just pray for yourself this morning and ask God to speak to you. Ask the Lord to minister to you. Ask him to talk to you. I believe that God has a message for you. Ask him to give you whatever message he has for you this morning. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Speak to Come on. Pray. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Give me an open heart. May I not fight your word. May I just receive your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Ask God to give you clarity of mind so you would understand the word as it should be understood. Yes. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Please be seated in the presence of God. We have a few things to do this morning and we'll do it as quickly as we can. Father, thank you for your word one more time. Help me this morning as I share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this is the year of what? The year of the shepherd. Ask your neighbor that, are you, are you a shepherd? What did they say? They, they, some, of them, some of them don't look too sure. So, ask them that, what are you doing to, to make yourself a shepherd? All right. So a shepherd is, is, is anybody who takes care of other things or other people, isn't it? Yeah, you're not just concerned about yourself. You're also concerned about the issues of other people. Amen. And those of you who, are, who have not been here this year or you haven't heard that this is a theme, this is a prophetic theme for the year. And um, we have seen clearly that one of the ways to show your love to God is when you are a shepherd, when you take care of other people. Jesus made it very clear. He asked Peter several times, three times, back to back, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And his response was always, if you love me, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, and then feed my sheep. Amen. Amen. So when you are a shepherd, it is a sign that you love God, when you take care of other people. Yes, it's more than closing your eyes and 
you know, lifting up your hand and trying to sing a love song to God. It's good. But before then, love other people. Isn't it? Yes. You must love other people and show your concern for other people. You know, sometimes we go by so much of feelings, you know. You, you, you feel like when you have some goose pimples, you know, you know what I mean by goose pimples? Your, the hair, your hair on, on, your, on, your, on your skin stands up. Then it means that, Charlie, there's something really happening. But it's not necessarily so. God has shown us clearly. It could be winter, yeah, it, probably because you're cold. It is, it, is, it is God who shows us how to love him. And he's told us clearly that how to love him is be a shepherd. Take care of other people. That's number one, isn't it? So it's a year of the shepherd, and God wants us all to be shepherds. And we are all sheep shepherds, isn't it? You're a shepherd, but you stay as a sheep. I'm a shepherd, but I'm also a sheep because I also have a shepherd. Everyone should have a shepherd. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about many Christians are called. Many Christians are called. So you are called. Yeah, don't belittle that, that, that you are called. You are called. Turn to your neighbor and point to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. You, are you are called. Yeah, every one of us here is called. There's no exception. Everyone here is called. This morning, I want to share with you um, five facts about the call of God, five things you need to know about the call of God. Wow. You guys are ready for number two. May the Lord make number two appear quickly. Is it not a good prayer? Evans, why, why are you scared? All right, good. Anyway, so many Christians are called. Now, now you think about it. If you were God, all right, trying to save the world, will you just call a handful of pastors? Huh? Would you? No. I mean, you call only Pastor Eugene, Lady Pastor Yvonne, and, and, and Pastor, Pastor Kobe. And then you call all the other shepherds, just, just that alone. No. It can't be. Because the work is plenty. The work has always been plenty. When Jesus walked this earth, he looked once and said, look, the harvest is indeed plenty. Plenteous, isn't it? But the laborers are few. So if you were God, the natural thing would be to call many people. Is it not so? So it is more likely that you are called than that you are not called. And this morning, I want to tell you that you have been called. Amen. Yeah. Russell, you have been called. Amen. Sister Benel, you have been called. We have all been called. Every one of us has been called. It's not just a pastor who has been called. Every Christian has been called. That has been the case from the beginning. That is why God tells us clearly that he reconciled us, isn't it? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. As he was saving you, he was making you a minister of reconciliation so you would go and give Evelyn, welcome back. That, hey, two Evelyn sitting side by side. <laughs> Mother and daughter. Amen. So, so, so God called you and gave you a ministry of reconciliation. Are you understanding? So I want to give you five facts about, about the call of God. Number one, number one, let me give you all five and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back to them. Number one is that many are called. Many are called. Many are called. Mucho is called. <laughs> yes. That's all the Spanish I know. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. All right? So not only are many called, but a call to fruitfulness. Yeah. You have been employed by an employer. You are an employee, isn't it? But you were, you were employed for productivity. Yes. Why I work, we measure productivity. We have different benchmarks. We use them. We analyze it every month. 
In fact, we analyze it every day. Every day, every day, by the end of work, within an hour or two, there's a productivity report that goes out. So we have been called to fruitfulness. Tap your neighbor and say, you have been called to fruitfulness. So that's number two. Number three is some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people. And I dare say that very few people are called in that way. So number four is some people are called in an ordinary way. Yeah, I was called in an ordinary way. I never saw an angel. Angel Gilbert didn't appear to my room, in my room, and say, All right, Gilbert, you are called. Go to Philadelphia and start preaching. No, no, no. I never heard anything like that. Pastor Yuji, did you hear anything like that? Are you sure? Maybe you've seen Gabriel before. I, I haven't. So, most of the time, this applies to all of, most of us. Some people are called in an ordinary way. Then number five is, some people are called through desires. Alright? So all you may have is just a strong desire. That's a call. Amen. Alright, so now let's go back to the points and go through as many as we can before our time is up. So, number one, many are called. So, what is many? What is many? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew 22 and verse number 14. Let's look at Matthew 22:14. It says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. God calls many. But at the end of the day, few are chosen. And the few that are chosen is not because God wants only few people. No. God doesn't work that way. God wants many people. And God would like it to be that many are called and many are chosen. Do you see? (laughs) Many years ago, we had Bishop our father in ministry preached a message about, about what scriptures are saying about us. I've forgotten how. Yeah, what scripture are you fulfilling? You see, God being so all-knowing knows the beginning from the end. He knows the end from the beginning, whichever way. So he knows that this is how, and that's why the scripture is there. Yes, even right from the beginning, he knew that choosing 12 people, one of them was going to betray him. It was not his intention that that, I mean, his betrayal had to take place, but it didn't have to be one of the 12. But he knew it. So this scripture is, is more of what scriptures are you fulfilling? So God is telling, is like giving us the marking scheme right from the word go. He's telling us that, look, as we are in church, many will be called, but few will be chosen. Yeah. Even our little world here is true. Yeah. You've, some of you have been in church for years. Officially, you should have been a shepherd. Yeah. You don't stay for shepherd's meeting. You are not part of shepherd's meeting. And you, are, you, are, you, are, you have never written any exam. You've not even attempted to write an exam. Is it not true? Why are you looking at me as though I'm saying something very bad? Yeah. So it's like, even though the invitation is to many, and the, there is no discrimination, there is no limitation, it's open to all. Do we not anas- always announce the exam, post is here, this is here, post is a proof of shepherd, shepherding exam. It's open. It's always been one book, only one book in the past. Just write the exam and be, be a shepherd. So many are called, but few are chosen. Few make themselves choosable. Yes, but everyone is called. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you know that you are called? So what does many mean? Okay, Many means large numbers. So large numbers are called. It also means the masses are called. It also means huge numbers are called. It also means that numerous people are called. It also means countless people are called. It also means lots of people are called. It also means the majority of the people are called. It also means most of the people are called. You can apply which one fits you. So as you are sitting here, it is more likely that you are called than that you are not called. Everyone is called. 
Everyone is called. Everyone is called. You see? And sometimes you would not even know, know. And if I were God, that's exactly what I would do. Thank God that God is God. <laughs> you won't even know which direction God really wants you at the end of the day. Yeah. I learned from Kenneth Hagan many years. He said the pastoral ministry or the shepherding ministry is, is the entrance into ministry. Whether you're a prophet, an evangelist, or you, you have to start with taking care of people. Amen. Then you will see what God, the specific direction God wants you to go. Amen. Now, when you look at this church, when you look at this church, one of the, pecu- I'm not comparing this church to any other church, but I'm saying what this church is. One of the peculiar things about this ministry is that, is that Bishop, even this morning as he was preaching, it's always in his theme. Whatever he, he can even preach about tithes and to end up being the work of the ministry. Bishop is teaching and pushing and helping us all to be part of ministry. Amen. You understand? That's the peculiar thing about this church, this ministry. It's not a ministry where you sit and we encourage you just come and sit and enjoy and go home with good messages. And it's, 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 it's almost like only a handful of people or if you are not quite a reverend or a pastor or something like that. You can't do anything. No, we teach people and we help people and we put people in ministry. I joined this church many years ago as an ordinary member. But I was taught, I was pushed, I was, I was convinced, and I'm glad. Yeah, I am glad. I am sure glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. In fact, I, I, I don't know what I would have been without what I'm doing. Because every blessing, every blessing that I've had in my life is being related to even my position in the secular, I believe, is related to ministry. It's because I'm doing this. This is why God blesses me. Amen. Are you understanding? So, wake up. Eh? And this is the year of the shepherd. Wake up and be a shepherd. Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, wake up, my brother. Amen. Don't call a sister my brother. Don't call a brother my sister. <laughs> Amen. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. So not only should you accept that you have been called, and not only should you accept that, look, I am called, but the next step is that, okay, you are called, so what? So what is, the what is that now you become fruitful. When you are a shepherd, your life must be fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you, you have a lot of things to take care of. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, I was at a little um, home ground war with my, my wife. I told her, don't come to me with anything anymore for yesterday. The problems are too many. Everybody's asking me this. Do this. Do. Um, Reverend, can we do this? At the same time, I'm getting messages also from work. Can we do this? Can we do this? Then I'm getting messages from uh, Can we do this? Can-? I said, yeah. <laughs> But that's the work of a shepherd. I'm being asked questions. This, 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 that, that. Can we do this? Should we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? I said, don't come to me again. Yeah. So at the point, I even tried to hide myself. But still, I could still hear. You know, when, when, when my wife needs something from me, okay, she becomes very official. She will call me. I mean, in the circle, I'm a physician. That's why you hear, you hear the time, doctor. Dr. Gilly, um, can we do this? Uh-huh. So when I hear that, or you say Dr. Fleisch, uh-huh, then I know that, or Reverend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What's it called? It doesn't happen in your house, too. Yeah. So when, when I hear that official, I say, uh-huh, now we, something is really being demanded of me. So your call is to fruitfulness. Amen. Your call is to fruitfulness. John chapter 15 and 16. John 15, 16. Quickly. John 15, 16. John chapter 15 and verse 16. Look at this. It says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. And so you didn't call you. God called you. Not only did he call you, he ordained you to ordain someone to set the person aside 
You know, it's more than, it's beyond a call. So God called you and then he ordained you. He ordained you. Right? He ordained you. Now, what did he ordain you for? That you should go and bring forth fruit. Go and bring forth fruit. Listen up. God expects your life to be fruitful. He called you and said, go and bring forth fruit. Bring forth fruit. I need some fruit. I need productivity. You need to, you need to produce. God is very picky. Yeah, he's very, very picky. Because look at what he said. I don't want any kind of fruit. I don't want fake fruit. I don't want fruits that, that you see, <laughs> I, I, I planted many years ago, I tried different fruits in my house. One of it is grapes. Up to today, I have not been able to eat grapes on them. You know, when it started, it produced some fake grapes that became little, 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 I don't even know, almost like the size of regular black eye beans. That's all. And then they were green. They stay green, and they rot in greenness. <laughs> then over the years, the, the sizes have increased, and it's becoming a little bigger, 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 but still not edible. Do you get it? Still not edible. Yeah. That's fake fruit. That's fake fruit. And trust me, God knows more about agriculture than you think. God can tell if your fruits are fake. Yes. I don't know why. Sometimes I almost call you Stanley. Stanley and Evans. Evans and Stanley. I have many stories about, about Evans. The first time I met him, we were playing soccer at, at Gabapto Fest. And he dribbled me and he messed me up and laughed at me. I don't think I'm forgiving him. Because whenever I see him, I always remember that this guy messed me up. He didn't know I was a he knew I was a pastor in the church, but he dribbled me. And then I think he had the point. He even kicked me. <laughs> Father, forgive me. Help me to forgive this young man. <laughs> wow, Evans, a fine young man. All right? So that you should bring, you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Not fake fruit. We're not talking about when we talk about how fruitful are you, then you go and look for something to come and show that you are a little fruitful. That you, you, even as you are bringing the fruit, you realize that it's not real fruit. For one. And number two, it's probably not even your fruit. <laughs> Last year, I went to Virginia for a convention. Was it last year? No, I think it was two years ago. Where is Cynthia? She's not here today. When did we go? It was last year, yeah. And after the convention on Sunday, we met and we're talking to the shepherds, you see. And, no, I think that was not, that was rather Lehigh Valley. Lehigh, Lehigh, Allentown. And we're talking about with the shepherds, and I was asking them, so where's your sheep? Then they started claiming each other. <laughs> this person said, this one is my sheep. And the person who is saying that this person is my sheep is also saying that she's a shepherd. And then some of the people who were not there, they said, that one is my sheep. That, I realized everybody was trying to claim sheep. No, I'm not, that's not what God wants. God wants you to show tangible, real fruits. And that is what this year is about. Lift up your right hand and say, this year, I will have real fruits. Real fruits. Look, this verse is very scary. It is as though almost God is, is tying your, your, your ability to get things from him by your fruitfulness. Isn't it? That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Yes. It's almost like you have to be fruitful. To it, 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 it's natural, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
you realize that people who flow with, with a person, I mean, people who flow with me more, people who do, it's also easier for me to give them things. It's true. It's natural. God is, maybe I got that from God. I don't know. Maybe God gave that to me. So when you actually are fruitful, it is also a guarantee. That is why you realize that, if, if I, that is why you see that. We all know. I mean, please, let's, let's not. Would you not think that, that when God, by the way, this is just a poster giving information. And it's okay. He's my father in ministry. I must have pictures of him in my church. I'm not worshiping the picture. I love him. Without him, I will not be where I am. Isn't it? So I'm saying that for, for, for sometimes for us to look at a person like that, do, do we not consider him as somebody who prays and God hears him? Yeah. That is why when you have important prayer topics, you would like him to. Even me, a small boy like me in ministry, because I'm a small boy in ministry. I am a small boy in ministry. You. I am a small boy in ministry. <laughs> yeah. Even me, do you not sometimes think that when I pray, God hears? That's why you call me and say, Reverend, pray for me. I always get that. Reverend, can you pray about this? Can you pray about this? Can you pray about it? Yeah. Because and one of the reasons why that kind of, of answers to prayers is linked is because one of this is because of this. Because you are fruitful. Bishop is fruitful. So we all see that when he prays, answers come. So when we have major, when we have major questions and you know, you know, issues, we send it to him. Yeah, but you can also become like you can also become like that. When you are fruitful, when you are more fruitful, when you pray, you will get more answers. I'm not the one, look, look at that scripture. Look at John 15, 16. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it. So based on productivity, come on! Even at work, who gets the incentives? Huh? Who gets the raises? Some of you are sitting here, it's, it's February. You didn't get a raise because you were not productive enough at work. And there are some who are smiling. You had 5% raise, 10% raise. Somebody even had a 12% raise. Why? Because they were productive. So fruitfulness brings answers. And God is saying, when you are fruitful, you would ask whatsoever you will in my name, and I will give it you. Wow. If you agree with this scripture, put your hands together for, for the Lord. Number four. No, number three, some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Acts chapter 9 and verse 3 to 6. Acts 9, 3 to 6, quickly. Acts 9, 3 to 6. So, and as he journeyed, he came near. So this is talking about Paul, Saul, right? Saul who became Paul. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And what happened? Verse 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? I mean, he knows it's the Lord, but he's still asking, Who art thou? Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 6. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Amen. Amen. So this was a very dramatic call. But that is not the usual. That is not the norm. That doesn't always happen. I don't know the frequency. Do you, you, you know anybody who was called like this? I don't know. So, yeah. Were you called like this? No. No. But occasionally, I dare say that there may be one or two people, maybe one here, that you've had repeated spectacular calls. Yes. I know, I know somebody who, who had a near-death life, death life, near-death life incident. He had an accident. He died, actually, because he saw himself come out of his body. He could see his body lying there. Wow. I know him personally. 
But today, he's still not a serious person. That's a spectacular call. <laughs> God, is, God is showing you the end. That this is, this is how it is. So get your life ready. But still, a person does not care. See? Yeah. That's a spectacular call. And sometimes we go through things like that. We go through incident after incident in our lives, personal lives. You don't take it serious. One incident after the other, you get shaking a little bit, but then you reverse right back to, yeah, one of these days the incident is going to happen and that's the end. It's true. Why am I saying, I'm not cursing you. The Bible makes it clear that God does not strive with man forever. Yes. God is giving you chance after chance, chance after chance. Get your life straight. So most of the time, it is not a spectacular call, but it does happen. Amen. And number four is that some people are called in an ordinary way. First Kings chapter 19, 11 and 12. Some people are called in an ordinary way. Some people are called in an ordinary way. And he said, go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. Everybody say, a still, small voice. Yeah, and that is where God was. God was in that still, small voice. Almost insignificant voice. But that was where God was. Listen, all your call, the call, the call, the call, the only thing you may hear about your call is what you are hearing now. I have never heard any other voice calling me than the voice of my father in ministry telling me, you can also work. Go preach. Go be a pastor. He sent me to Philadelphia. He sent myself and lady pastor to Philadelphia many years ago. And we're glad we came. <laughs> yeah, we're glad we came. If we didn't come, he would, get, he would have gotten somebody else to do it. Yes. But we're glad we came. Because the work has increased. Amen. Churches have been born all over. Amen. In Pennsylvania. Amen. In Delaware. Amen. We're glad we did. Amen. So all you may hear is this voice saying that you are called. All you may know is this voice saying to you today that this is the year of a shepherd. All you may have is this message that you are hearing. That rise up and do something. You can also do something. Amen. You can take care of someone. Amen. Yeah, you can take care of someone. This has been the foundation of this ministry for years. It's always been lay people. You don't even have to be called a reverend or a pastor or anything. Yeah. Titles are not important. In fact, you end a title before you get a title. Rise up and do something. Lift up your body from the chair and do something. Take care of someone. Be interested in someone. That is ministry. Are you hearing me? And that is all the call that you would have. Many of you, you know you are called, but you joke with it. Yeah. I remember Bishop told us a story many years ago about a very prominent rich person in Ghana dying. And he called for Bishop to pray for him. And why did he want? He said, Bishop, just pray for me. That God will give me another chance. Because if I can get up from this bed, I will really work for him. I may be too late. Maybe the work that God wanted you to do is past. Yes, it's past. God wanted you to do a particular work at a particular time to prepare you for the second stage. As Kenneth Hagan described, there are phases in ministry. There's a phase one, phase two, phase three, and I think phase four. Whether there are more, we don't know. But you've got to go through phase one to get to phase two. And now at the end of your life, you are now asking God to jump you from phase one to phase four. It may not work. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Amen. Amen. Even give God a reason, a reason to even keep you alive. Amen. 
Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Sometimes even the work that you do is the reason why you are kept alive. That is why when people are being laid off at works, job places, as they run the red line, you see that there are some names when they come to the skip. Because that person is a valuable person, a key player in the company. They can't get rid of you. Yeah, they can't. You're important. Make yourself important. Give God a reason. Give God a reason. Let it be said that you deserve a miracle. You deserve a miracle. I said you deserve a miracle because you have built synagogues. Is it not scripture? This man deserves a miracle because he's built temples. He's, He's built churches. He's taking care of other people. He deserves a miracle. Amen. Amen. I see God blessing you. And the last point is that some people are called through their desires. Some people are called through their desires. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. He desireth a good work. If you desire the office of a bishop, it's a good thing. You desire a good work. Amen. Desire. Some of you have no, no, no desire whatsoever. Yeah. And that's why we teach and we preach about these things. Because when, when, once you keep hearing it over and over and over again, we hope that to build that desire in you. In Jesus' name. Bow down your heads, everyone. Put your hand on your heart. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray for your heart. The status of your heart right now. Right now. Pray for your heart. I say, God, build in me. Create in me a strong desire. Maybe you're having some desire. But ask God to make it stronger. 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 Strong enough to move you out of your state of inertia where you are not doing anything. Ask, ask God. Ask God. Ask God to help you. Come on. Everyone. Sincerely. If you understand this message and you understand the year of a shepherd and you understand what it means to, to work for God and to do some ministry work. If you understand, then pray. Pray. If you are not doing it, one of the reasons is because you don't have a desire. Pray and ask God to give you that desire. And even if you think you have a desire, Tell God, God, make it stronger. 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 Oh, sweet Holy Spirit, brood over your people. Brood over us this morning. Oh, God, and put in our hearts a desire, a strong desire, a great desire, powerful desire to do your work. Come on, pray, pray. I want to hear everyone pray that God will change your heart. God will change your heart. God will change your heart. God will affect your heart. God would affect your heart from now on in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Let there be a strong desire over your people. Let there be a strong desire over over anyone that is here that calls himself a Christian. Anyone that is born again, no matter what church they go to, no matter where they, 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 they fellowship, whatever they, 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 wherever they may be, Lord, let it be that they would understand this message. Let them understand that many are called, many Christians are called. They are also called. They have been given the message of reconciliation to win the world. May that actually take place in our lives. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Every head still bound, every eye closed. Don't look around, please. Don't make it difficult for people. If you are here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about just knowing it, but knowing and having a knowing that you know that you know and you are sure, you are not sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You've not committed your life to him. Maybe you did it before me, but casually without believing. But this afternoon or this morning, you're ready and you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone like that here? Lift up your hand. Let me pray for you. Pastor, give me, give me this moment. I want to give my life to Jesus. 
I want to give my life to Jesus. Anybody? We're not talking about denomination. We're not talking about, about, about belonging to a particular church. We're talking about belonging to Jesus. I will be very happy to help you. Anyone? Anyone? Number two, you are here. And you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Maybe you went through the motions before. But you know that you are not walking the walk. You are not talking the talk. Your life is far from what a Christian should be. In other words, you are backslidden. I want to pray for you. A prayer of restoration. A prayer of restoration. God loves you. God wants you back. God wants to have a closer walk with you from now on. Lift up that hand. Lift up that hand. Wherever you are, let me pray with you. Anybody like that here? Anybody? You want to say, Pastor, pray with me? I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to start afresh with him. Anyone here? Lift up that hand. Lift up that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Let your word continue to burn in our hearts. Even when we leave this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to obey the Holy Spirit. You know, as I was walking out of the office, I felt we should have communion. Kwame, bring communion. It's set already. It's on my table. Bring it, and we'll have a quick communion, and then we'll have our baby dedication. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you here? Thank you, Lord. Wow. Moses leading the people out of Egypt to the promised land. Egypt goes through a series of plagues. How many of you remember that? And then there's the last one that broke the camel's back. This one was too much. And this was the instruction. Exodus 12 and verse 7. Exodus 12 and verse number 7. Hold on, I'll pray over it first. Bring, come here, please. Exodus 12 verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts. And on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat. If you remember, God asked them to kill a lamb, isn't it? And this was instruction for the blood. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Amen. So the blood here, the blood here was a symbol to represent exemption. The Lord said, when he sees the blood, because that was the only difference. There was an angel of death going through to kill. But the doorposts that were marked with the blood of the lamb. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain for the world? His blood was shed for the world. And he says, when I see the blood, when the blood symbol, the, the mark of the blood, is upon your dwelling place, your doorpost. The plague shall not destroy you. The plague shall not destroy you. So by the blood, whatever is intended to destroy you will not destroy you. The Bible says that on the night that Christ was betrayed, he took bread, having blessed it, he gave thanks. He said, take it, this is my body which is broken for you. And he also took the cup, he blessed it, said, drink, this is my blood, the new covenant, my blood. 
And he said we should do it often in remembrance of him. Anytime we take communion, we reenact what happened. That the blood of the precious Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world was shed. And that blood marked us and delivers us from the plague. So by this blood this morning, by this blood this morning, anything which is marked to destroy you, anything that is passing through to destroy and you are in line, huh? listen, in line also means genetic. In line also means familiar. Maybe, now I see why God wanted us to take communion. Today is broken in Jesus' name. You see, sometimes you are in line. Every woman in your family has got breast cancer. Every other male in your family got cancer of the prostate gland. Everybody in your family marries and it is plagued with, with all sorts of things. It never works. Everybody in your family, every gene, genetic trait in your family points another direction. But when the blood marks you. It passes over you. So this morning, by this blood, Jesus, by this blood that we're about to take, everything that was coming your way this year is past. Yes. Fear is past. Fear is past. I hear the word fear. Some of you are living in terrible fear, not knowing and feeling that something bad will happen the next. No, doom is passing over you in Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Lift up your right hand and say, Jesus, as I take your body, which is bread indeed, your flesh is bread indeed. And as I drink your blood, which is drink indeed, and it's also a cup of blessing, thank you that I am marked as your own. I am marked as belonging to you. I am marked by the precious blood of Jesus. And anything that is a plague coming my way passes over me in Jesus' name. Say, I believe it. For this is the victory that overcometh the world. My faith. My faith. My belief. I believe it and thank you that it is done. Lift up your right hand and thank God for answered prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Father, bless his elements. Thank you. Jesus' name. If you believe it, when come on, lift up the blood. the blood. Yes, I will pass over you. 
cup of blessing that we bless it's the communion of the blood of christ the bread which we break it's the communion of the body of christ oh this is the holy meal that came down from heaven eat my flesh and drink my blood see the blood oh I will pass over you somebody that was supposed to die this year you will not die because it's passing over you I will pass over you Are we ready? Lift up the body and say, this is the body of Christ. It's the body of Jesus. Take the body. Did they leave you out too? All right, we'll wait for you. How can we leave our instrumentalist and uh, TSC behind. So that's the body of Christ. Eat the body. Now lift up the blood. Say the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. Drink the blood. Lift up your hand and thank Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Eugene, please go and serve the, the young ones in the... We always leave them out. Ashes, please, one of you go with Pastor Eugene and let him serve... Share with them the same scripture. Give them... Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Baby dedication. Let's have our baby.